thank you so much for joining me today to talk about The Bride of Frankenstein Lives, Halloween Horror Nights 2021. You know, there was such disappointment for last year, you know, COVID shutting down Halloween Horror Nights, and you've been going 15 years with this and then just stopped wow. old. I mean, how disappointing was that for you? Yeah, I mean, it was extremely disappointing for us, the designers of Halloween Horror Nights, but I, I think even even more so for our fans because <laughs> like the just you just felt this despair out there um you know it, it wasn't just that halloween horror nights was canceled it was like all of halloween was canceled and and even for myself you know uh with my kids you know we i started out like okay well we're not gonna have horror nights well i guess this is the year i get to you know go trick-or-treating with my kids and really do it all up because i'm always at the event and uh, and then of course like as the restrictions piled up it was you know, oh, you can't go trick-or-treating. And I was like, well, maybe they can have one friend over and we'll do a big Halloween party. And then that got canceled. Um, so I, the joke I was having last year was, you know, I kind of went crazy. And, and I think I started decorating our house here in, in like, you know, August still. <laughs> and I did this huge, you know, kind of Halloween party for two people. I said, normally I'm doing this for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. And this year, my audience is slightly reduced down to two. <laughs> my two daughters well if, if walmart and target can start putting out halloween decorations in august you can start your party you know early in august too and yeah <laughs> and, um, that's, that's kind of what i used to do when i was a kid i started doing this in my parents garage when i was 10 years old and usually when like august rolled around i'd go to my father and go okay you can't park the car in the garage anymore because i'm going to build a you know pit in the pendulum scene in there and then you know and i just take over the entire house well, we have seven mazes this year, three all new ones, Haunting of Hill House, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and of course, The Bride of Frankenstein Lives, three scare zones, the return of Terror Tram now through October 31st. You know, the Midsummer Scream, I watched that entire presentation online here from home. What a brilliant presentation you did for The Bride of Frankenstein Lives. What Thank a labor you. of love that must be for you and your creative team. Yeah, it truly is a labor of love. I would not be doing what I do today if it wasn't for seeing the movie Frankenstein when I was four years old. I mean, that was like the, the moment that everything in my life changed. And I became obsessed with the Universal Monsters from a very, very early age. And, um, you know, it was interesting because my reaction to the movie, um, even at that young age, and I think it's true of fans today, even, even as new fans are coming along and experiencing these movies, is I just sympathized with the monsters. I kind of saw that they weren't really the you know, the villains of the movie. It was really the people that were the villains. It was the, the guys in, with pitchforks and torches hunting them down. Um, but for Bride in particular, when we started talking about it with our sister park in Orlando, um, what I particularly loved about this idea was if you really take the Bride of Frankenstein and you take all the screen time that the Bride character has in the movie, it's, it's, it's around three minutes that she's actually in the movie, even though the movie bears her name. Um, and then after, you know, she appears on screen, um, you know, the monster, you know, goes friend, friend, and she kind of freaks out and hisses at him. And he says, she hates me. And the next thing he says is we belong dead. And he pulls the switch and blows up the castle. And that's it. And unlike, you know, Frankenstein or Dracula or the mummy or even the invisible man, which had multiple sequels, that was it for the bride. She never showed up in another classic universal monster movie. So it was really great to create an original sequel to that movie and elevate the character of the bride to her proper place because she certainly lived on in pop culture.
Oh, absolutely. And you not only she blows up at the end, but you gave her her own story. You gave her her yeah. own book. Uh, yeah. Tell me about the artwork that went into that, because I was going through the maze. I know you're supposed to be moving through that thing pretty quickly, but you just you, you made it so intricate. You want to stop and look at it and just yeah. kind of really soak in the story that you created. Yeah, because we were telling a new story and a story that, um, you know, our fans wouldn't know going in. We felt it was really important to communicate that story visually, because you think about the environment of a maze at a Halloween event like Halloween Horror Nights. It's a pretty chaotic environment. You can't exactly stop and, you know, do a Shakespearean you know, monologue in the middle of it. Um, so we really needed to communicate it visually. So we kind of landed early on on the idea that the facade of this maze should be the book itself, like this grand Victorian novel that's open to its cover page. And then we knew that the artwork was going to help us tell that story. So we have a very talented artist who works with us. His name is Lucas Colshaw. And myself and my art director, uh, Chris Williams, sketched out the idea of what each of these chapters or these panels in this story would be. Um, and then we worked with Lucas to bring him to life and his artwork is just gorgeous. That's why it was great that you had Midsummer Scream because any fan can go there and see in detail during yeah. your presentation what you did, which gives it a great historical record of everything you did behind that maze because it deserves that, that attention. Yeah, there's a lot going on in the maze. Not only are we telling a new story, but we're also trying to do callbacks to the film, The Bride of Frankenstein from 1935. So as she leaves the castle and she takes on this quest of trying to bring the monster back to life, the first place she goes in the, in the forest is the old blind man's cottage from the original Bride of Frankenstein from 1935. So all through the maze, there's also callbacks to the original film. Yeah, I think Mel Brooks ruined that. I keep thinking of Gene Hackman in Young Frankenstein <laughs> every time I see the blind man. <laughs> and yeah. I have to mention, the actors are not your ordinary maze extras that you employ in your maze for The Bride of Frankenstein Lives, is it? No, our, our, well, we call them scare actors, scare actors. Um, and it really is its own art form of acting. It's, it's different from any other type of acting. Um, it's extremely physical. You know, when you do something like Halloween Horror Nights, I always tell our cast the first time I'm with them, it's like training for a marathon. You almost have to approach it like an athlete because whatever I'm going to direct them to do, they're going to do it probably about 100,000 times throughout the course of the run. So everything that we're doing with them has to be um, very short and very repeatable. Um, so it, I always tell them, you know, this is going to feel repetitive but you have to understand the way a guest experience it. You walk into a scene, it's not a ride where everything is, you know, you're not on a ride vehicle where everything's programmed to happen, happen around you perfectly. It's live theater. So that's why everything has to be created like that so that as guests are walking through it at their own pace, they're picking up all of the scenes and they're catching all of those actions. Yeah, because you created something that demands a repeat visiting because there's too much going on. You know, there's so much to look at, plus the distraction and the music and the people pushing you, you know, so there's this, there was so much in right living art. I mean, it was unlike any maze I've ever been in. I was just totally. Oh. With it. And um, also slash returns to compose the original music for the maze and the schedule. Yeah. Was that easy to get him back? Was it his idea or. Oh yeah. It's extremely easy because I mean, I, I should preface this with I met slash in 2013. I was doing a maze at the time with black Sabbath for their big reunion with Ozzy Osbourne. And he just happened to come to the park that night. He'd never been before. And he's a huge Black Sabbath fan. So I got a call that he wanted to meet me. And I took him in through Black Sabbath. And as soon as I came out the other side, he just turned to me with all this enthusiasm and said, 
I want to do this. You know, how can we work together? And I said, let me think about it. And um, in 2014, we did our first maze together, which was an original maze called Clowns 3D. And he composed an original score for that. And then in 2018, when I first tackled the Universal Monsters, um, he did a score for that maze as well. And then in 2019, he did the score for our Frankenstein meets the Wolfman maze. Um, He's always my first call. As soon as I know we're going to do a maze uh, with the Universal Monsters, uh, he's the first person I call. And the answer is always yes. And what's crazy about it is, you know, he's on the road with Guns N' Roses. (laughs) They're they're in the middle of this massive tour. Vegas. He was playing here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, he he called me um, shortly before we opened Halloween this year. And he was like, and I had just, you know, resigned myself to the fact there's no way he's going to make opening night because I think he was playing in Indianapolis the night before and uh, Atlantic City, uh, not the night of the event, but the night after. And he just said, I, I want to come. And so he somehow in between, you know, bookends of shows, he came all the way, flew all the way across the country, came to Horror Nights, um, went through all the mazes with me, and then got back on a plane, flew back to Atlanta <laughs> and did another show. Um, but he has such passion for it. He, he loves these characters like I do. If you ever, you know, Slash's recording studio, the first thing you see when you walk in the door is a huge black and white picture of the Bride of Frankenstein. It's it's a passion for him as well for us. Well, I was there September 9th for the opening and just by the luck of the draw, I was about five feet away from you when Slash and you went through the Bride of Frankenstein Lives maze. And I was with a bunch of other journalists and we heard the music and it was just like, it just set the mood, his music yeah. set the mood for the whole thing. So I yeah, just- it's so cool to get to work with him. And it's, it's you know, I, I've gotten to work with so many people, um, both in the horror in- industry, but also um, in music as well. Um, and there's just something about, um, I don't know, there's something about the rock stars that I've worked with. Um, I think it's because it's so different from their world to be able to step into our world is so much fun uh, for them. And they just seem to just enjoy it. You know, and, and finally today, I just spoke to Greg Nicotero last week for Creep Show season three. And I just told him what a fabulous maze this was. And he's like, I have to get out there. Thanks for reminding me. So hopefully you made I've, it out there. <laughs> I've known Greg for over a decade and we've worked together multiple times through the years. Um, and it, it's the horror community is just a great community. Um, everybody that works in it, they're in it for the passion of it. And, and it's always a pleasure to work with everybody in the world of horror. Well, John, you've outdone yourself this year with the Bride of Frankenstein lives. Uh, fabulous. I can't wait to see what you do next year. It's Halloween now officially that I've spoken to you. So thank you so much for everything. And uh, we'll talk again soon. Thank you very much.